What's up, Whisper Nation? Johnny Game Time Hicks with Austin Sear here. We're doing episode number 79 of the Fantasy Whispers, where we're talking every single game. We're breaking it down for you, giving you who should be in, who should be out of your lineup, right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Thursday, September 25th, and you're listening to episode 79 of the Fantasy Whispers with your host, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and me, Austin, filling in for Big Travi. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, and of course, our rankings. And new for 2019, we have our Patreon account. So head on over to patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers to check us out. What's up, Austin? Thank you so much for joining me today and filling in for Big Travi. Not feeling too well today. He's feeling under the weather this week. So it's just you Love and I. Love being here, man. Dude, it's just you and I running the show today. And it might get a little wild. It might be, get a little crazy. Hopefully, Big Travis doesn't watch this and get all angry at us. Just like summer camp. Just like summer camp, dude. So we've got a lot of stuff going on in today's show. Uh, a lot of information. We're going to be going through every single matchup. We're going to give you uh, basically who you should start, who you should sit. You know who we're confident in and all of that we're gonna get into that but as well before we get into that Austin we got to do our news and notes our news and notes is brought to you by fanatic that's f-a-n-a-t-i-q that's where fantasy meets IQ fantasy or fanatic has done an awesome job in working with their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcast episodes from yours truly, player stats, and beat writer updates all within their app. So head on over to the App Store and download your app today. All right, Austin, we got a lot of information come out, but probably the biggest news that we got and we have to talk about is got to be the Melvin Biggest Gordon of the news, year. Right? Yeah. Could, Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe the biggest news after... The Ezekiel Elliott holdout ended. Anytime you have a borderline elite running back coming back to the team, you got some excited owners over there. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm one of them, uh, Austin. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I am so excited to have Melvin Gordon back. You are in our league of record. You know how much we care about this stuff a little bit mm-hmm. more than we should. I'm, yeah. I, our I, mental I, health, oh. health hates it. Dude, when when I found out about Melvin Gordon coming back and ending it early, I was over the moon. You know the video of AB when he found out he was uh, released and would be signing with the New England Patriots, and he was running around out back. It was like a, yeah, it was like a water hose that you didn't hold on to, and it just went and it just sprayed everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that's exactly yeah. it. That's that was that could have been me. That was, that was exactly what it was me- like. I know how exciting that one is, but let's ask about some of the people who might be feeling less excited. Maybe some of those Austin Eckler owners. Oof, what yeah. do you think that this does to the immediate impact? We know that Melvin's not supposed to play this week, but he's going to be playing very soon. And Austin Eckler still did finish just outside of the uh, RB2 marker last year. I mean, we weren't dealing with a Melvin Gordon holdout. Do you think that this is a regular flex play in Austin Eckler, maybe an RB2, or are you trying to are you dropping him or trying to get rid of him? Uh, I mean, obviously, if I can maybe go, if I have enough running back depth, I would go to the Melvin Gordon owner and try to get something from the Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon owner uh, for Eckler. At this point, you're you're not going to get the value of Austin Eckler most likely. So moving forward, I think he is a fine RB two uh, or worst case scenario flex play. Look, he's still going to get work. We've seen what he's what he can do with Melvin Gordon last year. I mean, he was one of my favorite values when we didn't know about the Melvin Gordon holdout at the time. He was my favorite value going later in drafts. He was going you know a tenth, eleventh round, and you know I, I tweeted out a bunch of stats. 
stats about how good Austin Eckler was, even with Melvin Gordon. And so, you know, yeah. when with Melvin coming back, I know the concern is, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, how do we know that Melvin Gordon is going to get the role that he had? And how do we know that Eckler isn't going, this isn't going to be a 50-50 split? And that might be, that might be true for the first couple of weeks, uh, you know, Austin Eckler could be a 50-50 split until Melvin Gordon gets more into game shape. But I ultimately do think it would be about a 60-40 or a 70-30 split. But even with that limited role, Eckler can exceed at that. He can excel. It will keep him fresh. And and so I like Eckler still moving forward, just not as much as we have liked him through the first four weeks. Yeah. And moving on then to a different uh, somewhat of a running back committee over here now in Seattle. Rashad Penny uh, reportedly missed practice with a hamstring. How does this going to impact Chris Carson? It's nothing but good, right? Absolutely. Chris Carson, bad for Penny. Yeah, bad for Penny. Uh, Really kind of for all those Chris Carson owners, you're you're breathing a sigh of relief, really, because you couldn't ask for a better matchup against this Arizona Cardinals defense that is giving up 4.4 yards per carry. And so you really need Chris Carson to get right in this game. This is a perfect game for him to do so. And if, uh, you know, if, if Penny is out, I like him to be able to bounce back and, and really show it. You know, Pete Carroll is sticking by his guy. And, and why not? He's done this for the last two and a half years. They love Chris Carson over there. So, you know, especially... Chris Carson isn't known for fumbling. He had three fumbles all of last year. So he started off this year with three fumbles. They, you know, Pete Carroll came out and said they were some of the best punch outs that he's ever seen. So that does, you know, bode a little confidence in starting Chris Carson. But I will tell you, uh, the panic meter right now is at a, a solid four, maybe five. Uh, but if Chris Carson cannot get it together against this Arizona Cardinals defense or he fumbles again, his stock is going to drop faster than the New York Stock Exchange after a Donald Trump tweet uh, because it, it will be bad. <laughs> but you know that this is the great this thing that Chris Carson could be asking for. He's going to get all the chances. It's a get-right game here. He's got a weak defense to go up to, and you're right, though. If he doesn't take advantage of this Cardinal situation, then um, this is bad news for yeah. Chris Carson and his fantasy owners. Uh, moving on over here, the Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, he's got a chaotic period of his life going on right now. Um, who knows how much of these things are. We'll, we'll take him at face value. We'll go ahead and say that. Uh, but he's going to be away now. Um, his most recent one, we know he was sick. We know he's dealing with the back. We know he was dealing with the leg. Um, now he's got the birth of his daughter that's coming up as well. Uh, so he's going to be away from the team a little bit. I think we expect him to play still. We don't know. But I'm personally still excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense this week going up against Denver. Uh, do you agree? Yeah, I think that even if he doesn't end up playing, uh, I, I still think this defense is good enough to get the job done. I still think that they have a high upside. Listen, Joe Flacco is beyond beyond bad, and you can tell that because no other team in the NFL has trailed more plays than the Denver Broncos have, and yet their run-to-pass ratio is that of a more of a run-heavy offense. So even still, even though that they're behind all the time, they aren't giving it to Joe Flacco and letting Joe Flacco go out and throw the ball around the field. They're still running the ball. And so for me, it's a real concern when when you have that you're limiting your offense and you know Jacksonville showed on on last week uh, last Thursday night game like their D-line is still for real and I I think that they Clay Campbell was defensive player of the week yep we yep. know that they're still churning them out so yeah, yeah. so I, I I love no them I, I love them as as a stream bowl defense this week even if they don't end up having Ramsey Mike Williams, receiver for the Chargers, didn't practice on Wednesday with a back issue. The knee's been what's holding him back recently, but now we've got the back that emerges up on there. Um, if he's if he's playing, are you still starting him, Johnny? Uh, yes, I think I'm playing him no matter what because he's playing uh, the high school team, uh, the the uh, what is it, Dolphin. The, the, the Dolphin High uh, High School down there in uh, in Florida. So I will be starting each and every single one of my Chargers that I have, including. Uh, Justin Jackson, who I think is a very nice play this week. All right. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, running back for the Chiefs, was limited at practice on Wednesday with an ankle. Who are you firing up? Who are you preferring to start in the running back position for the Chiefs right now? 
So Daryl Williams came in, right, and it was tweeted before the game and and caused a lot of mayhem right before the game, about five minutes before kickoff. You know, it it came out that Daryl Williams got, you know, the first reps there and then uh, followed by Thompson and then LaShawn McCoy. And then the game came out and LaShawn McCoy was, you know, in there the majority of the time he got the first snaps. But Daryl Williams came in and he looked great. Uh, I mean, no surprise there. Any running back that goes into an Andy Reid offense seems to thrive. Everyone thought, and including us here, including me, I had a big missed call last week. I thought Darwin Thompson was going to have his day. It was going to be his time to rise. But, uh, you know, Andy Reid thought otherwise, and Daryl Williams is looking good. That Darwin Thompson hype train was a short ride. Yeah. Case Keenum might not play on Sunday. Dwayne Haskins would start case of that. Um, Do you think that this upgrades or downgrades any of the players over there in Washington if Case Keenum's out and Dwayne Haskins is in? Listen, as as crazy as this might sound, I think this actually elevates um, Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry. Uh, they played in college together and when they drafted, when, when he was drafted, he went to the coaching staff and he told them draft one of my wide receivers from college. I don't care who it is. Just get me one of them. And what did they do? They went out and got scary Terry. And this guy has been probably the best wide receiver consistently through the first three weeks of the season. I understand Hollywood Brown is, is doing amazing things and he's really fun to watch. But Scary Terry has five uh, has opened up his season with three straight weeks of at least five catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. You're going to roll with him. And I think that with that safety blanket of Haskins coming in, I think that he will go and feed McLaurin. So I actually think that's an upgrade there. All the other ones, I'm not I'm not too excited. Vernon Davis, maybe an okay start there. Uh, Rookie quarterbacks tend to also rely on tight ends. Uh, CT, I still feel comfortable uh, signing there. You don't need to be a super skilled quarterback to dump off a pass to CT, so I'm okay with him as well. All right, and in Green Bay, Jimmy Graham's coming back. Uh, I don't know if he's going to really be making a big impact. He could, he might. He's got just about as good enough a chance to collect four yards and a touchdown as far as any other waiver wire tight end that I'm concerned, but good for the Packers. Yeah, if you're a Kittle uh, owner and you know, and he's on a bye, obviously, this week, you could do much worse than Jimmy Graham. Calvin Ridley uh, was limited at practice on Wednesday. We expect him to bounce him back. Yeah, I expect him to yeah. be in and play. Uh, he didn't really... Nothing came out on Sunday to make me to draw me concern that he was injured. All right. And the last bit of news over here is that Amari Cooper got a precautionary MRI. Um, I think that we're not really concerned about Amari Cooper unless we hear anything more. Right. Yeah, this was weird. It was like on his neck um, or, or yeah, it, I don't know what they were looking for. Maybe he had, I don't know, maybe he slept on it wrong or something. He had a kink in there. So he was like, oh, maybe I'll just get an MRI because it seems like everyone's just getting MRIs for fun these days. So I think Omari Cooper didn't want to be left out. And so he he jumped in that booth to get that done. But uh, to my knowledge, uh, the latest information that has come out, this isn't too serious. So Omari uh, Cooper, to my disbelief and uh, and, you know, I didn't believe in him at all. This coming into the season, he has proven me wrong so far, and he's looking good for the Dallas Cowboys. Right on. All right. So that's it for the news and notes brought to you by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. Johnny, should we run down some of these teams now? Yeah, man. Let's uh, let's jump into this rundown. Uh, we'll do all the breakdowns. But first, before we do that, I do want to say thank you guys so much for joining us on our show today. If you haven't liked and subscribed to our channel, please do. It's, uh, it goes a lot further than you think. We greatly appreciate giving you guys advice and following along each and every single week. So we do this for you. So if you could do us a solid and like and comment and subscribe we greatly appreciate it all right austin you ready man let's do this one over here thursday night philadelphia versus green bay in lambeau field it's a 48 over under the packers excuse me a 46 point over under that changed recently a 46 point over under green bay is favored by four who in here are you liking i think we know carson wentz you're taking both quarterbacks 
Um, that's really the only guarantee, though, right? Right. Um, I mean, Devontae Adams, you're going to start him. Listen, I understand that he has started off the season a little bit slow. We have to remember this is a new offense that they're implementing. So they look great on all the scripted plays, which are about the first uh, 12 to 20 plays. Uh, you know, the Green Bay Packers offense looks great. And then after that, it kind of falls apart. So we'll see that chemistry and uh, between Adams and Rodgers has always been there. Even Rodgers came out this week and, and, and mentioned, you know, I need to get the ball to Devontae Adams more. He only has 12 targets th- through the first three weeks. And so that's not something that you should boast about or brag about. Uh, and I know that Aaron Rod- that that hurts Aaron Rodgers. So I see him to get involved. This could be the last time that you could buy low on Devontae Adams. I have been putting in many offers on various leagues uh, to try and acquire Devontae Adams because this is a perfect buy low. And I think that he is going to have a very nice game here uh, this Thursday night. Yeah, Devontae Adams is a stupid person for me to include there. Obviously, you're starting Devontae Adams. Obviously, you're starting Aaron Rodgers despite the slower start than a lot of Packers fans are hoping for. Love the three and no, though. Uh, but over there in the Eagles side of it, Alshon Jeffrey's making his way back. We know how badly they've needed wide receivers, but he is going to be going up against Jair Alexander, a stud sophomore cornerback over there in Green Bay. Nelson Aguilar was getting a lot of targets, but that dude was dropping passes as if doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. um, Zach Ertz is a staple. Um, do you, do you, I, I are you starting Nelson Aguilar, Alshon Jeffrey? Are you trying to avoid those guys? I, Where do you see the pass catchers over there? We know that Zach is stud. So the Green Bay Packers defense is one of the best in the league, actually. They turned it around really quick. Uh, you talked about the corner there. Will be matched up against Alshon. Alshon coming off an injury. I, If I can, if I can avoid it, I'm sitting him as best as I can. Uh, if I have to roll him out there, I don't feel confident in it. Nelson Aguilar, not really looking to play him. Again, kind of same situation. Flex, if at best, I would rather look at other options. Uh, Ertz, definitely playing him. He should see a lot of targets. And I'm not touching this backfield. I'm not touching this backfield uh, this week at all. And really quickly, are you putting any uh, weight over there in Jamal, the human mermaid, Williams, or... (laughs) Yeah, what was, um, was this kind of a lucky that? moment? That was a very. I don't know, but I've, I've hated Jam- I've hated Jamal Williams for so long, to be honest. And I love that line. This is he's on my team too. I got him on a couple of them, um, and along with Aaron Jones. And I was really appreciative of those comments Jamal Williams made. That was a little more fun. For- I definitely, uh, I'm with you. I thought that uh, it definitely did make him a little bit more likable to me. Uh, but I'm still a, a Aaron Jones truther, and I love me some Aaron Jones. So, uh, but for those, you know, yeah, for those in Whisper Nation who didn't hear, Jamal Williams was saying that he loves to play in the rain. It makes him feel like a mermaid, and he himself is in fact SpongeBob. Yeah. Going on to the starting off on Sunday morning now, uh, Carolina. Versus Houston, we're looking at a 47-point over-under. Houston's favored by four and a half. Cam Newton's going to be out. Um, fire up your playmakers over there in Carolina with CMC, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, or Calvin Ridley Curtis Samuel. Uh, and what do you think? We know those ones. I think we're all feeling pretty good about those. The one I want to first talk about in Carolina is Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Houston's been fantastic against the tight end. They've let up like four and a half points per game. Um, but Greg Olson has been tearing defenses apart. Is is Greg Olson coming? Uh, is he going to realize how old he is this game, or is he continue going to continue to uh, support that offense? I think he's going to continue to support this offense. Uh, listen, we've seen this from Greg Olson in the past. He's been a very solid tight end, and he's you know he wants to prove to people that he still has it, and he I, I think he's given it all he has. Maybe this could be his last season, and so I really feel like he's going out there and balling out. I have confidence in starting him. Listen, if you picked him up off the waivers, you might have found yourself a nice, sturdy tight end. And, you know, he started off as a streamer, but he's continued rolling it. And Kyle Allen looks to be very, very competent in this offense. And he's looking to for Greg Olson early and often. And most importantly, he's looking for him in the red zone, which is very important. And that's why I like him so much this week. Yeah, I agree with those statements over there. And on the Houston side of the ball... We know you're starting Deshaun Watson. We know you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Um, is there any other pass catchers you're excited to see? In your- 
I would I would not mind ruling out Will Fuller if I need to as a flex play here and a high upside flex play. Uh, and I'm I'm not really looking at anybody else in this game really. Uh, Duke Johnson I would sit. Carlos Hyde if you need a running back and you have to rely on him. Okay, I'm not excited about it. Uh, but I'm okay ruling him out there if I need to. I gotta poke you on this one, Johnny. I'm yeah. so sorry to do this. This is a little cruel. But if you had to start one now, is it Duke Johnson or is it Carlos Hyde? And I already know the answer. It's Carlos Hyde, unfortunately. I don't know what the guy. Uh, I don't know what the guy <laughs> ate over there uh, when he was cut uh, by Kansas City. But he must have had some really good spinach or something because the dude's looking like Popeye having a resurgence year. Uh, it you know it's not jumping up off the page, but it certainly does give you more confidence than Duke Johnson. Well, for Sure. He's not doing great. I mean, he's not doing anything superhuman, but he's doing what you would expect. A middle of the road who can flash moments of pretty good running back to be playing when he's getting volume behind a proficient. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And and Duke Johnson. It's kind of like Lamar Miller. Yeah. It's like Lamar Miller all the last couple of years. Yep. Perfect example. I like it. Yeah. All right. So then uh, after that, we've got Cleveland playing Baltimore over there in Baltimore. Uh, it is a 45 and a half over under Baltimore is favored by seven. And looking at this, I know that Cleveland was a bunch of preseason darlings for a lot of people. And we love to see what Freddie kitchens did in the last six games. And we love to see and hear and observe Baker Mayfield and all the amazing things that happened there. But observing the first couple of games over there from Cleveland has not been what you were hoping for. If you were a member of the dog pound, is this cause for concern or is this just, are we just kind of still working through the preseason and Baker Mayfield's getting adjusted to Odell and Freddie Kitchen is still figuring out where the bathroom is and all those kinds of things? So this is really interesting because, uh, you know, Freddie Kitchens looked great in the second half of last year. And now reports are starting to come out that a lot of that success was actually on the quarterback's coach. And that was the reason why Baker was playing so well. It wasn't necessarily Freddie Kitchens. And so for me, I do have, I am starting to see concerns with Baker Mayfield. Listen, I am still going to roll out OBJ. You have to, you got to be confident in that. Uh, OBJ is getting 30 plus percent target share over there. The guys I'm worried about Jarvis Landry, you know, I don't mind if you even cut Jarvis Landry because at this point he's really, you know, if, even if you look back to last year, Austin, at what Baker did with Jarvis it really wasn't significant even then when Jarvis was the only wide receiver. And then you you know translate into this year, and with OBJ there, Jarvis just still isn't getting it done. Listen, he could have had a touchdown and should have had a touchdown in this last game. He came you know on the last play. He he did an under route and he was wide open, but for some reason Baker didn't even look his way at all. And there was a a couple plays before that where Baker had a wide open OBJ in the corner of the end zone. Didn't look at him at all. I don't know what's going on with Baker, but it seems to be like there's just too much going on in his head right now. And, uh, you know, like we talked about this. on. I think the truth of Baker over there, like Baker's fine. Baker's good. Baker's got a high ceiling, but Baker was never going to be a surgical tactician. He was never going to be an Aaron Rodgers. He's a Brett Favre. So you're going to get some of that sluggishness that's mm-hmm. going to come out you're going to get some of those mistakes you're going to get some of that excitement that also comes with it too mm-hmm. but let's not pretend and think that he is this uh, uh you know second coming of aaron Rodgers. really i mean he could be a second coming of brett Favre, but that's a guy who set the record in interception i love that um you know it's, it's sad to say baltimore uh lamar jackson looks like the real deal i know that his arm isn't going to be it's it, he's going to have up and down days with his arm but his legs can always supplement that mark ingram looks insane mark andrews is the big guy i want to question a down-to-earth moment from last week is this a trend or is this was that a fluke uh i do think it was a little bit more of a fluke now listen what mark andrews did over the first two se- uh first two weeks of the season i don't think that that's going to be realistic I don't think he's going to average you 20 fantasy points but I do think that he's going to be a solid top five tight end for you rest of season we have to remember he had a a setback in last week's practice he had a little bit of an injury he gave it a go uh, in warm-ups they said all right let's get you in there and uh, and we we saw them hinder his snap count last week so you know, with another week removed from that, I expect him to be back more towards his normal workload. Listen, we still saw 
Lamar Jackson target the tight end. I mean, Boyle had two tight two touchdowns. Those easily could be Mark Andrews if Mark Andrews was still playing um, or in, playing in those snaps. So he still loves to target the tight end position. So I still feel confident in Mark Andrews. Listen, even I actually think this could be a buy low moment. I don't think that you're going to be able to get Mark Andrews for this cheap uh, again this year. I also want to note as well as about listen Baltimore and and I'm I'm talking about across the board uh Lamar Jackson I'm talking Mark Ingram and and Hollywood Brown we could start to see a little bit slow you know not as high ceilings for those players we have to remember the the schedule that those guys had over the first 3 weeks was impeccable they played the Cardinals they played the Dolphins and they played Kansas City doesn't get much better than that now they're going to start playing some other defenses that are a little bit better. So Cleveland has a very good defensive line. They are very good at run stopping. So now I don't think that Mark Ingram's going to completely fall off, but I don't think he's going to be a top three running back for very much longer. I think he might not be because of the competition that you could end up seeing. I think that every single player over there in Baltimore is going to be someone who's going to let you down big time. Some with the exception of maybe Lamar Jackson and only because of that running ability reality with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is that we do not have a large enough sample size to actually tell you what is going to be able to ex- reasonably expect week in and week out from their playmakers and from their general tone of the game, tempo of the game, all these different things there. And just like we were talking about Baker Mayfield of we were crowning them early and now we're potentially pulling back, we have to apply a similar level of reasonability if you will over here in Baltimore because this is still a quarterback who a year ago wasn't somebody who we thought had an arm like at all they switched up their whole offensive scheme Mark Andrews is still dealing with a small sample size like their inconsistencies are going to be abundant Mm -hmm. so don't be surprised when people let you down um Mark Ingram if he gets the volume he's gonna he's gonna win your leagues but Gus Edwards doesn't look bad and and neither does the backfield Gus Edwards look great he looked great. Yeah. 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 All right. So now in uh, New York, we've got Danny Dimes hosting potentially Case Keenum and the Washington Redskins. This could be a fun rookie <laughs> yeah. matchup over here. Um, I want to say, like, the Giants, it, hey, sometimes in football, if you're not overreacting, are you even reacting, right? Yeah, 100%. Danny, Danny Dimes had a, great, he had a great game, right? Came back from 18 points down. Rushed a couple touchdowns in, looked good throwing the ball. This could change the whole dynamic of that of that situation. You know? Yeah. What do you I mean, think? Do I mean, you think Gettleman, that's, there's any re- reality? Yeah, I mean, Gettleman right now is sitting back in his chair and he's just laughing and he's making a mockery of all of us and he's saying, "I told you also," because every single one of us uh, sat and and made fun of and and questioned his call on drafting Daniel Jones early, and it's looking. You know, early on, I know it's, you know, four games because I, I will include the preseason because he looked great in the preseason. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that, uh, you know, four games doesn't dictate or one comeback doesn't dictate against Tampa Bay of all teams, uh, doesn't dictate an entire career. But I certainly will say he looks good. I'm excited even like I'm not a Giants fan, but I'm excited. Like he was fun. It was fun to watch that. So I like the storyline. Hey, I'm not letting I'm not letting any of that front office off the hook, though. Because just because you reach on a guy and he pans out does not make that a good value pick. Like, if you ended up drafting, um, uh, who would be a prime candidate of it right now? Um, If you drafted Emmanuel Sanders before this last week in the third round, it's like, hey, you got a top five receiver in the third round. It's like, yeah, you did. Right. But are we still calling that a good pick? It's like, nah, man. Just because you, you... So I'm not going to sell them there because they could have had an outstanding pass rusher and Daniel Jones. Hundred percent agreed. I digress. I'm ex- I'm excited about it over there. I think that Dwayne Haskins over there in Washington, um, scary Terry. There's no reason to uh, not be excited about him. Let and- me ask you this: Are you how confident? Because I can ask you personally, how confident are you in starting yeah. a Wayne Gollum, uh, Gallman this week? Wayne Gallman this week is a big downgrade, of course, from Saquon Barkley, but it could be less of a downgrade than we had thought last week if Eli Manning was behind the yeah. center because Daniel Jones could elevate that whole situation. And let's say that the Giants are borderline proficient. 
And Wayne Gallman, I mean, two years ago was rookie year. He was averaging like 4.3 yards per carry. And last year he was behind Saquon the whole time. So like this dude is potentially middle of the road. And if you've got a middle of the road running back, getting volume on a decent offense, we were just talking about Carlos Hyde. It'd be like maybe a better version of Carlos Hyde without a Duke Johnson yeah. over there. So I'm, I'm feeling like a comp- I'm going to call him right now a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 with upside. And I'm not surprised, though, if in two weeks we're calling him a, a solid RB2, high-end RB. Yeah, you should get the volume there for sure. Yeah, but I can also not surprise if you're like, God, this guy sucks so hard. <laughs> the Giants complete trash. So we'll see about that. All right. Um, sticking in the morning games here, we got the Chargers in Miami. You're starting Is there all anyone Chargers. in Miami? Yeah. You're starting all well, Chargers. I mean, Maybe, though, but what about that reality you could fall into of, let's say they're up by 35 points at half. If they're up by 35, hold on. If they're up by 35 by half, that means that all these players have already feasted. And then let's put in these backups and we're, we're, we're yeah. going to be okay. Listen, uh, I guess my Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard had 13 carries for 103 yards and a touchdown last Sunday against these, these high school dolphins. Uh, and so I, I think that, I think that Jackson will have a good day. Eckler will get his, I think Keenan Allen will get his, and Philip Rivers could have a very solid day for you and give you production. BMW should be okay. I mean, other than that, I I shouldn't say I I wouldn't be I won't start Travis Benjamin uh, or anything like that. Um, but the main guys I will start. If I'm looking at the other side, the Miami Dolphins, I'm literally not starting anybody. Uh, you know, Parker is is a guy that maybe I would look to stash on my bench. I know it sounds hideous, but this guy is maybe Wilson. A, Maybe Wilson's playing okay too. Wilson is playing is playing okay. Um, Parker is being targeted amongst the highest in the league. Yes, he's only caught six for twenty. That's terrible. But his quarterbacks are terrible, and so what do you expect? But he's actually being decent. So we'll see how that goes. I don't mind that as a stash. But other than that, I'm not playing anybody here. Drake, Sidham, uh, Belage, garbage. You guys already know this. And yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we've got the Oakland Raiders playing in Indianapolis, playing against um, Oakland versus Indianapolis. What points here stick out to you, Johnny? For me, Baller Waller, you're going to start this guy. Like this guy could be, this guy could be the Ertz, the or not the Zecker, sorry, the George Kittle of last year. Uh, he's going to get targeted early, often. Uh, they love him there, and what's not like he's what six three. I believe 6'3", 6'4", huge frame, uh, used to play basketball. I like him a lot. Former receiver. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, Tyrell Williams, uh, I don't mind starting him if you need to as a flex play here. Um, I'm, you know, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, I'll start him. I don't feel super confident in Josh Jacobs this this week. He is coming off of – A little banged up. Yeah, a little banged up, coming off of a sickness, uh, and so he he has lost some weight. We'll see. Listen, this Indianapolis Colts defense is actually a lot better than you think, and uh, they've been playing pretty well. They've been rallying around uh, the old brisket man back there, and they've been they've been doing work. So uh, if I'm looking at the other side, you know, the Indianapolis Colts, Marlon Mack definitely starting to love Marlon Mack, and it'll be interesting, mm-hmm. Austin. What do you think uh, is going to happen? T.Y. Hilton has the uh, the thigh injury, the the or I, what was it? It was a hamstring. Was that the exact diagnosis? Something like that. A big muscle in his leg. Yeah. Um, it is reported that he is going to miss maybe up to two weeks, maybe a little bit longer than that. So who do you see stepping up as the pass catchers? Do you think Ebron gets more targets? Do you think uh, Paris Campbell, is this a Paris Campbell game? Do you think they run the ball even more? Maybe a 70-30 split run to pass? Yeah, I think I, I think you're going to see more targets coming out of the backfield i think that you're going to see an even divide i think you're going to see a lot of the pass catchers picking up work i think you're going to see doyle with more targets ebron with more targets paris campbell has shown flashes and i'm not surprised if we see him become more involved in this team and become one of the drivers of this offense eventually Mm -hmm. he's a rookie he missed a lot of preseason um but he is an amazing athlete and he has had reports of doing a lot more than he was just scouted for right i think it's gonna get spread around though i don't 
Yeah, I don't think there's a primary benefactor, though, of this. I think that it's just kind of tough for the Colts. Um, A team that's not dealing with – well, also actually dealing with a lot of injuries, but uh, uh, making good work with them is Kansas City, who's going to be playing in Detroit this week. Um, Kansas City versus Detroit. A lot of injuries over in Kansas City, but it's not slowing them down. Uh, Detroit, I don't think we know what to make yet of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, their defenses look pretty solid through the first three weeks. They did, uh, you know, slow down this Phil- the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Cardinals, they have been the most successful against Detroit so far, but it could have been just the number of plays that they were running. But listen, you're starting every single person on Kansas City, uh, and that includes Michael Hardman. That includes, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Demaria, uh, Dimitri, Demetrius Harris. Sorry, did I say yeah. that right? Um, you're, uh, you're starting him as well. You know, Hardman isn't going to get a ton of targets, but he always has the ability to take one to the house like we've seen the last two weeks. And then when I'm looking at the other side of the ball, I'm going to be starting, you know, Kenny G. You're going to be starting him. You're going to be starting on Johnson for sure. Hawkinson, Austin, is the guy I want to talk about. We've been getting a lot of questions on Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. What yeah. are you doing with TJ Hawkinson this week against a Kansas City team that just gave up two touchdowns to uh to Doyle to Boyle, sorry. I would probably start him because we're looking at a 54 and a half over under. They're expecting a lot of scoring. Um Kansas City is favored by six and a half, which means you know they're still expecting Detroit to put up some points. <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised if TJ Hawkinson does anything. I know how unhelpful that can be, but if this guy drop puts up 10 yards, well, you kind of run that risk every time you're dealing with a tight end not named Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey. And even if you and even for those guys, those tight ends can let you down at that level. So TJ Hawkinson has been the most interesting one to observe and I I put out a bid for him at the start of the season and uh, 16% and someone bid 26% and I was like, well, you know, you're not going to get him. And the next week, then you get reminded how tight ends can be. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, high volatility up and down. I think the talent's there for him, but he is still a rookie and it is still Detroit, a team that we don't totally have figured out. Um, I would start him this week. With that said, the tight ends are tight ends and pretty much any of them have a shit chance to get you 35, 40 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. Moving over now into the New England Buffalo Bills games, 42 and a half point over under. New England's only favored by seven in this one. Um, Buffalo, you know, the, the the team of New York, if you will, trying to become the team of New England almost. Yeah. Um, I'm, exci- I'm actually more excited about this one than I should be. What about you? I, I totally agree. I was just about to say, like, low-key, I'm really excited about this game, Austin. I think it could be a lot of fun. I l- Listen. I love the swagger that Josh Allen is coming out and saying, you know, we are the king of New York's and, and like all this. And if they can go and beat New England, now I understand it is in Buffalo, but even, I mean, winning against New England or even just hanging around, I think would be a big improvement for this team. And I just, they're like, they have this big underdog mentality and you know what? I, I like it. So I like it too. I, I would, I can't wait for it. Pass catchers in New England. Who's your favorite one right now? Dorsett's are making some noise, but I think we're putting him probably third. Josh Gordon or Julian Edelman, barring health, which one do you like right now? It's really hard because, you know, Josh Gordon has these big chunk plays, and you would think that they would use him kind of a little bit more than they have because he has such a big mismatch. I mean, Austin, I don't know if you've watched very many New England games this year, but when you see him on the every field, single one. Yeah, every single one. Uh, when you see him on the field, he literally looks like a giant tight end there, like flanked down. I'm like, who's that new guy? And then it's like, oh, wait, no, that's Josh Gordon because he's so damn big. And uh, so I really am surprised that they don't throw more toss up balls to him in the red zone, but they are so efficient. But are we? Down. But are we? Uh, but yeah. are we? At the same time, you're right because Tom Brady has never really laid into a wide receiver one other than Randy Moss. That's the only outside wide receiver that we can truly say was a wide receiver one when playing with Tom Brady. 
nobody else. People want to bring up, uh, you know, Dion Branch, but Dion Branch didn't really do anything for fantasy. He wasn't that great of a yeah. wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, the slot wide receiver is more important. So for me, I would I would tend to go with Julian Edelman on this one as the most important pass catcher for Tom Brady. I think so, too. And last point with New England, same kind of question, but in the backfield, which running back do you start this week if you only get one? Honestly, probably James White. Um, you know, yeah. Rex Burkhead. He just had a kid. Yeah. I like those games coming yeah. back from an emotional moment. Exactly. And and I think that he's going to be, you know, energized, rejuvenated. He has one less game underneath his belt where he's taking hits. And look, I'm panicking on Sony Michelle. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if they're saving him for later in the playoffs. I don't know if they're uh, if they're concerned about his knees. I don't know what's going on. Rex Burkhead has started to take over some goal line carries there. It's just a mess. It really is a mess. So I have the most confidence in just going with uh, James White. I think his role is pretty solidified. Other than that, you're hoping that uh, Sony could fall in the end zone if you are starting him. But even then, I think that yes, both... you're definitely you're definitely hoping if you drafted him somewhere in the, the fourth round. That's for sure. Yeah. Last game of the morning, Tennessee versus Atlanta. Atlanta's Julio Jones looks amazing. Matt Ryan is is Matt Ryan. Austin Hooper's having a decent uh, start to his season, but I want to talk about before we touch in with Tennessee over there in Atlanta. And by the way, this is a 45 and a half point over under Atlanta's favored by four. Atlanta saw Devonte Freeman get a crazy amount of the backfield shares, snap shares, everything there because Edo Smith was down with his concussion. He was pretty efficient with the carries, uh, good yards per carry, uh, did good work with the pat with the passes he caught. Um, didn't quite break a hundred yards, got close, didn't do it there. Do you think, what was your kind of takeaway from that backfield? Cause this has been a, a hot item with people who drafted him in the second, third round. For sure. Uh, so if you looked at last week's game script, they immediately were down in this game and had to like really try to battle back. They didn't end up doing it, but you know, Matt Ryan threw the ball 32 times and against this Tennessee defense, they're not fantastic, but their D line is pretty good. And I do expect Atlanta actually be up in this game. Maybe, uh, you know, Atlanta's almost turning into what they were a couple of years ago when their defense was like hardcore riddled with injuries. Now, it's not to that extent yet, uh, but they just they just lost their safety kneel uh, to a season ending injury. That is a huge blow for them. And, you know, I could definitely see a lot of battling back. I think that does bode well more for Freeman as he is the pass catching running back there. And he does get it done between the tackles. I I do have some concerns with Freeman, but I think his workload is just going to be solid for you. I think if worst case scenario, I know we've talked about it twice, but I think worst case scenario, you're looking at a Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde situation there on an offense. That's going to move the ball. They're going to be in the red zone a lot. And so I think that Freeman will be okay. in the end of the day, I don't know if he has quite the upside that we were hoping for when we were drafting him of, you know, returning a top 10 value, but I think he's going to be a solid running back too, if not flex for you. I think we'll learn a lot about, their backfield and Devontae Freeman in this game. Uh, Moving into the afternoon ones, Tampa Bay is going to be playing in L.A. against the Rams. It's a 49-and-a-half point over-under. Rams are favored by 9-and-a-half. Tampa Bay's Mike Evans, that buy low window is over. Uh, We know what he's doing over there. Yes, it did. Hard. Is is there anybody here you're fading on, or are you pretty much starting your big guys over here? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard um, in Tampa Bay, and then Gurley and any one of the pass catchers over there in LA. So I don't know if I quite trust OJ Howard right now to throw him out in my lineup. Also, though, looking at the landscape of the tight end position, it's probably hard that you have uh, that you don't have another tight end that's better than OJ Howard. Maybe you have if you've been streaming to this point, and I would probably stick with the streamer there until I see a more consistent, you know, market share going to OJ Howard. I still have concerns. I'm Mike Evans, Godwin. You're you're definitely starting those guys, and then everyone on the LA Rams. Gurley, I know you're going to have some concerns. Tampa Bay, listen, I understand their defense is playing better, and on paper their statistics are better. Uh, I remember, you know, let Gurley go, man. 
Oh yeah, they. That's that's really interesting there of what's going on with Gurley. Um, I don't I don't know if we know the full extent of it yet, and we're hearing everything, but there is some concerns, and you're certainly not getting what you expected from drafting him, you know, early in the second or late. Well, at least not what you were hoping for. Right, right. Not what you were hoping for, but you did know that this was going to be an option. And last week that committee kind of closed up. Gurley was the carry leader by a lot, mm-hmm. um, but his efficiency numbers are down. Um, but he's still doing fine. Like if you drafted him in a redraft, you're not you're not bummed out about it or anything. You're just not as excited as you were hoping you could have been. For sure. And they're really not using him as much as a pass-catching running back like we used to. Uh, actually, yeah. the L.A. Rams have thrown it to their running backs the least amount of any team in the NFL. So maybe that might correct a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Good stat. Good stat. All right, now moving uh, uh, down here to the next game. Seattle is going to be playing Arizona in Arizona. It's a 48-point over under. Seattle is favored by five points. We touched about Seattle a little in the news and notes. Rashad Penny might be out on this one. Bodes well for Chris Carson. Um, Arizona, I think, is one of the most interesting storylines right now in the NFL um, in the two-minute drill that I had done earlier, I said, if you have a guy in Arizona and you like him, go ahead and start him, whether that's Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray, David Johnson. Um, I wouldn't get too cute past that, but right. I'm not Johnson, saying these guys are guaranteed. Right. I don't yeah. think Keyshawn Johnson is there yet. Uh, he should get more snaps, and there is a rapport there between him, him and Kyler Murray. I just don't think it's uh, to a point where you can be excited about that or feel good about that starting Thing, but I agree with those with those starters on Arizona side. I do want to mention that yeah. if DK Metcalf, I don't mind starting him at all in this. I think that DK could actually have a big game, and it's going to break my heart, Austin, to tell you the truth, because not only was I a huge fan of DK coming out, I was a huge supporter. We oh, had the I opportunity. I went live. I'm and sure Butler got hurt. Uh, and Butler got hurt. Yeah, and uh, so that was, that was very frustrating for me, uh, seeing that we didn't take DK when we had the chance in the third round. We took Isabella instead. Now, I do like Isabella and what his future could and hopefully will hold, but, man, DK is looking really good, and Seattle's using him. I'll say this, though. He does look good in Seattle, but I have not been impressed with his athleticism or anything. He's just been in good positions, and he's been making plays as far as I'm concerned. And he's going to get a lot of volume because he's going to be in that wide receiver two position, and they're going to run a lot of sets where he's going to be featured. And I don't think that he, if he was in Arizona running the formations that they have, I don't think you'd be seeing the same kind of thing. I also just tell myself that to ease the pain of us not having DK Metcalf right now. Yeah. But I don't think that you'd see the kind of production in Arizona that you do over there. It definitely in will Seattle. be intriguing once Butler comes back and seeing that chemistry with Kyler and knowing that if DK continues this climb that he's on in this trajectory, it's like, ah, might yeah. be kicking ourselves. I know. I loved him too. Yeah. I hear you on that one. All right. Another afternoon game is Minnesota versus Chicago, an NFC North showdown uh, for the number two team up there. Go back. Go. It's going to be a 38 point over under Chicago's favored by two. Um, I like both. I'm surprised to say I like David Montgomery much this early, but he has separated himself. He's getting the touches. I don't think there's any reason to see that slow down over there. Um, Dalvin Cook looks amazing over there in Minnesota. Uh, what are some of the names that might concern you a little bit more? Maybe a Stefan Diggs or any of the pass catchers in Chicago, Johnny? Uh, for sure. You know, any of the, pa- I, I don't mind starting Allen Robinson as a flex. If I have to, I would try to avoid it. He'll Xavier Rhodes will be lined up against him. And so he should shut down, you know, like you mentioned, 38 over under that's really low. That's the lowest of any game this, this, in this week. And, you know, Chicago hasn't given you a whole lot of confidence other than last Monday night's game with their offense, but that was against Washington. So other than that, I, you know, I do still have my concerns about starting David Montgomery against this Minnesota D line. They're really good. Uh, I, if he's more of a flex play for me this week, but he is starting to get the touches, which is nice. My question for you, Austin, I want to touch on it really quick uh, for Minnesota. I will say Diggs. As a flex play, I have a lot of concern about Diggs. It looks like Dillon is looking like he is the wide receiver one there, and it's not even a question. I will start Thielen for sure. But 
Chicago's defense has been uh, unstoppable when it comes to the run, you know, the running game defense or teams mm-hmm. have not been able to run on them at all. So this is a situation sure. where uh, I, I can't remember the analogy right now, but uh, off the top of my head, but uh, an, an, oh, I know uh, an immovable object meets uh, an immovable no, unstoppable yes. force. Yes. Thank you. I messed yes. that up horribly, but you, you said I'm picking up what you're putting down. Thank you. I appreciate So how's Dalvin that. cook and the bears defense going to go against each other? Yes. Is that what you're trying to yes. get at? Gotcha. I was trying to seem really intelligent, is- but it didn't work. Obviously it's what's on the inside that counts Johnny. <laughs> and you are full of intelligence down there. I appreciate I know that, that. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I think that you're going to see uh, Dalvin cook's ability to make big plays still exists. So we'll, it's going to be one of those weird stats where it's like, if you take out all of the carries where he had 25 yards or more, he only averaged 2.1 yards per carry, you know, but it's like, yeah, but he had two of the other ones and he averaged 4.3. So like, I don't think that you're going to be able to shut down Dalvin cook when that's the way the offense is going. And that's what they're going to put it through. It's going to be harder for him. Yeah. It's going to be harder than some of the Swiss cheese uh, defense. He's been going up against. That might be an exaggeration, but Dalvin Cook is not going to be stopped. Um, you can only hope to contain him. And I think they'll contain him a little bit, but he's still going to do his thing. He's he's yeah. emerging into elite status. Yeah. And moving on now to the last game of the afternoon, Jacksonville Jaguars are playing Denver. Uh, it's a 39-point over-under, just a little bit more than the last one, with the Denver Broncos actually favored by three. That's kind of an interesting one. I might put a little bit of a bet down on that one. Um, Gardner Minshew, is this the real deal or is this just a fun talking point? I love Gardner Minshew. I really hope this. We is- all do. Yeah, I, sure. I hope this really isn't a just a talking point because this guy has some awesome swag and I'm really pulling for this guy for sure. I don't feel confident rolling him out against Denver's defense. I Listen, I understand that they haven't been playing as great as we had expected under Vic Vangio, but I don't, I'm not to the level of confidence yet to start him. Uh, DJ shark. We talked about him last on last week's show. I really like DJ shark. Normally I probably would sit him this week. Uh, maybe a flex spot on that. You're going to start Fournette. You've got to, even though you are going against a good D line for for the Denver Broncos, but they have been volume slashed. is too much. That, right. They've been slapped. The volume open. is too much. Exactly. hundred percent. And then if I'm looking at Denver's side of the ball, uh, Freeman actually was held out of practice today with an injury. I don't know the, uh, I don't, it doesn't seem to be too, uh, too, too much for him, but, uh, and I think that he will end up playing on Sunday, but against this Jacksonville defense, I think the only guy I'm starting there is Lindsay and uh, Sanders. I don't mind flexing if I have to, if, if Ramsey is out, if Ramsey is not out, especially, yeah, yeah. if they're both playing, then both, if Ramsey is in, then I don't feel confident in starting Sanders, but if Ramsey is indeed ruled out, then uh, the other starting corner, who is actually really good corner as well, uh, will be on Sutton. And so that would free up Emmanuel Sanders. The night game on Sunday, New Orleans is going to be hosting Dallas. It's a 47-point over-under with Dallas favored by two and a half points. We know Drew Brees is still going to be out in New Orleans. How exciting they still found a way to get it done. Have, how exciting would this game have been if Drew Brees was still – like? I look at this game and it's like, I want to get excited, but then I'm like, ah, it's, it's Teddy Bridgewater. Like, they did pretty good last week, right? They did well. Alvin Kamara did pretty good last week, and that was the reason why he's still suiting up this week, right? Yeah, he is. He's still going to be playing. There. So I'm definitely starting uh, Alvin Kamara. If you were ever questioning that, I'm sorry, you probably haven't listened to us that long, and I, I probably you should tune into the show and subscribe and like all the links. Uh, Go eat some food if yeah. you don't know that. You You're, drink some water. Live your fix your life. What do you consider with Michael Thomas though? Very. Concerned. I want to know about this. Yeah, I, right. Yeah, oh, I, I'm very oh. concerned. But honestly, the thing is, is, is the odds of you being able to bench him and replace him with something that you would feel way more confident in is probably pretty slim. So I would still roll out Michael Thomas. I. 
I know it leaves a bad taste in your mouth for sure, but you, you but you don't, there's no way you don't, you, you don't bench your first or second round pick when he's healthy one of the highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. And he's going to have great games still moving forward. He just not, might not be the model of consistency that we've been used to when Drew Brees is under center. And let's also right. remember too, that this is in new Orleans. So Teddy Bridgewater might play a little bit yeah. better than, I mean, he played well last week, so he might play even better yeah. than last week. Uh, so I like that on the other side of the ball. I'm stoked about this game. Oh, you're getting me yeah. hyped for this game. So I appreciate that. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell on the other yeah. side of the ball, Dallas Cowboys, they come in, their offense has looked phenomenal, but let's be realistic. Austin, they have faced the 31st, the 30th and the 29th best offenses and best defenses uh so far this year so how much weight are you putting are you expecting a huge day from Dak this New Orleans defense is a lot better than most people <laughs> not expect. really no not really I think we Dak Prescott is off to an amazing start we've seen flashes of this of this man's abilities but consistency has not been one of his strengths We've also seen him struggle to carry the team on his own. Fortunately, he doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm saying is that he's vulnerable. And we haven't yet seen any of those vulnerabilities exposed. Is that because he sewed him up and worked on him this offseason? Maybe. Could be. I think it's more of the opponents that he's been facing. I think he also is better. But he's going to have a game where he uh, regresses, if you will. And I'm not surprised if it's in this one in New Orleans over there, which would then make Amari Cooper suffer a little bit. And, Ezekiel Elliott, though, I'm expecting him to be seeing more touches and Tony Pollard to be seeing less. We know that last week it was, you know, you're going up against the Dolphins, so play your water boy. But this week is going to be a little bit different, and and Ezekiel Elliott's getting more warm. So For sure. That's what I'm kind of expecting out of there. Um, Yeah. Last Last game game of the week. Last game of the week. Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. Real real barn burner here. Real barn burner for a Monday night. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, so here's the biggest, the biggest question here, Austin, is yeah. James Conner. Where are you at? Where mm-hmm. is your confidence? And I guess this can also leak over into Juju Smith because we all – I was one of them. I, you were super skeptical of Rudolph. I'll give you credit. I, w- I thought he was going, based on his tape and what I've seen, I thought that he was going to be competent enough to be a s- solid starter for, for the Steelers and, and be enough to get the job done. But after one, week one against the 49ers, there are some real concern there. Where, where's your comfort level with starting James Conner this week uh, and starting Juju? Well, looking at it from a volume perspective still, and my volume concern is not there yet. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster has not been exciting, but he hasn't been awful. James Conner has had his moments where he's been awful, but it's also been something we've seen at the running back position this year. I mean, we have a lot of guys who are taken in the first three rounds who in the first three weeks have had a game or two that were pretty atrocious. You know, having these guys with consistent 10-point floors might be a thing of the past. Even Christian McCaffrey on Thursday night, you know, put up like five, six points. So, I'm not concerned just yet. I want to see what continues to happen. I think that James Conner's situation is too good for him to not be able to capitalize on it. Um, And Juju Smith-Schuster is hands down the most talented playmaker that they have. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of time. Deontay Johnson, are you ruling him out as a flex option? Are you, you're just putting him on your bench to stash for now? If I can avoid it, if I can avoid it. Okay, and then we'll just touch on Cincinnati here. Joe Mixon has been struggling so far this this year. This Pittsburgh defense is good week last nice. week. Yeah, yes, he did. Um, and then uh, what about John Ross the third? He did have a, a down week last week. Uh, are you confident in starting him, Tyler Boyd? Are you going to start all of them? I feel good about both of those. I feel good about John Ross and Tyler Boyd. John Ross's physical abilities are. Near the top, it's always been about consistency, how he fits in with Andy Dalton and the Bengals. This A.J. Green absence has given him an opportunity. It looks like he did take some serious uh, steps forward in the offseason and paired up his opportunity, paired up with his improvement, tied together with his situation. Gets me, I'm excited about John Ross, or excuse me, uh, yeah, John Ross III right now. Yeah. I'm feeling good. And Tyler Boyd um, is going to be a, a higher floor, decent ceiling play especially with A.J. Greeno. 
Awesome. All right. Well, that wraps up today's show and that wraps up all the games and our reviews of them. Austin, I want to say thank you so much for jumping on here and joining me so we can get some content out to Whisper Nation. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure, man. All right, brother. Until next week, Whisper Nation, if you like what you heard, please like and subscribe. Please follow the show anywhere that you can get podcasts as well as check out our website, thefantasywhispers.com. You can get swag, you can get our latest articles, our latest podcasts, and our latest YouTube videos. All right, until next time, that is Austin Sear, and I'm Johnny Game Time Hicks, and we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.